In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Shit Show Smithereens for yeah. its second ever appearance. So Smithereens, for those of you who don't know, it's it's pretty basic. Okay, we have they're they're, they're so basic. I'm so, not going to explain so are it. We. As you know, as is tradition. No, so basically what it is is covering all the great dumpster fires that we do week to week. There are small tidbits that don't make it in for for timing reasons or for any other reasons. You just can't fit that much stuff in the dumpster. So we've created these little sort of mini-sodes that are going to come out sporadically. Uh, that will kind of, where we'll focus on you know a few different things and and just get it out to you rapid fire. And today we've got a bunch of mini story times. Absolutely. And for those of you who are about to write in and say, "Hey guys, is this just because you come into an episode completely unprepared?" <laughs> what? what? <laughs> who? Who are? Get what? the fuck out of here! What? Yes, what? we are what? awful. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? <laughs> Us? Yeah. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Here? What? I'm not surrounded by 400 empty beer bottles. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are. But you probably are because you're listening to this show. So welcome. Clear those beer cans out of your ears and we're going to bring you some small stories. We will bring you some small stories. And what we're doing this time is we're going to keep we're going to keep it structured. For once in our lives, and we we are actually we're going to cap every story at ten minutes. And once it's ten minutes, we're going to hear the ding. And I literally just said ding out of nowhere. We are not prepared for this. <laughs> we didn't Gus discuss any gi- of this. Gus is giving me the kill sign by putting his hand in front of his throat. But we're going to have to find some sort of ding. Yeah. Glad to push you into a corner, mate. That's what I'm here for. Oh, you're the worst. So I'm going to read the first story and try and figure out how to manufacture said ding on the run. <laughs> Alrighty. So we're going back for me. You ready? Back for you. Yep. So 1982. 1826. Oh, wow. That is big for you. It is back for me. All right. I'm so proud, yet disgusted <laughs> that you've turned your back on yourself. Exactly. I am a shadow of my former speaking self. England. We're talking about a young lady at the time, obviously now a very old lady, quite a dead lady. (laughs) (laughs) So she should be mayor any moment. At any moment, she'll be voted into the next Dallas election. Yeah, Anna Maria Helena, or the Comtesse de Noailles. Nah. French aristocracy? Yes. Nope. Spell it. Yep. Nope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so is his beard shall all over I'm again. telling you that that is how it's that, that's how it's pronounced all right uh she was a strong-willed woman she had some extraordinary beliefs and from a very young age it was made clear that she was batshit crazy amazing which makes her a prime candidate for this podcast and my bed <laughs> <laughs> she ticks all of your boxes <laughs> currently dead and crazy <laughs> <laughs> Riggs dating profile is fucked. <laughs> it's so bad. Dear ladies, no. <laughs> run. If, if, if you could swipe right, you're not dead enough. <laughs> oh, oh, run. Run. All right. So basically she she grows up uh, in this uh, life of leisure and uh, and splendor and money and privilege, yep. which, as we know through history, makes people insane. It is a cocktail 
it is a breeding ground for insane individuals. Absolutely. May, may I refer to you? Refer to you, Mango, Mango King, King of, of the, the pickles. pickles. He is. He is the. Pr- he's the. Prince. He's the benchmark. Oh God, he's good. Anyway, so she grows up and uh, and eventually says, "Fuck you, family." I'm moving into my own castle, <laughs> as you do when you have just a Scrooge McDuck level of money. Is that is that the uh, French aristocratic equivalent of the granny flat? It is. It's, it's a, a slightly you smaller know what? castle. I'm moving into the. I'm moving into the other castle. <laughs> Kicked out the servants. out the back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she did this because uh, she was to- told by her family that they didn't agree with um, some of her uh, outlooks on life. One okay. in particular. She was completely anti-medicine. So she was the original <laughs> anti-vaxxer. <laughs> she would wander around telling anybody who would listen, which was nobody. <laughs> Not even the servants? No. Nah, they were earplugs? <laughs> it, it's France in the 1800s. There's no earplugs. Of <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting un- champagne corks. corks and ram. Have you seen the size of a champagne cork? <laughs> the amount of pain that would be to ram that into your ear hole. But they were like, it's better than listening to this anti-vaxxers ramblings. <laughs> so she's uh, she's gone, look, I don't believe in medicine, but what I do believe in is the healing power of methane. So she has put her oh. bedroom on the ground floor oh. and bought... 2,000 cows, then penned them in (laughs) next to her bedroom and knocked the fucking wall out so that there was just a curtain separating her from cows' asses. She literally, (laughs) she would preach the healing benefits of methane and push away the healing benefits of actual medicine. Do you know what? If she... If she walked into our room, hotel room in Korea, <laughs> she would still be alive and kicking. She would be the healthiest woman alive. That room was 115% somehow methane. methane. Yeah, she'd be the, the Walt Disney of gas. <laughs> Just being <laughs> propped up. Her other weird uh, anti, anti-vaxxer but pro-naturopath uh, scenarios were that she slept with dead squirrels tied around her head to prevent wrinkles. She used onions on her doorknob to guard against infection and believed that when leaves fell, especially from oak trees, which she told anybody that would listen, England had too many of, the climate became unhealthy, so she would leave England until spring came. (sighs) Yes. Finally. Oh, my God. Finally. Uh, (laughs) She... Upon her death, she endowed an orphanage for the daughters of clergymen, but there was a set of rules accompanying with them uh, the cash gift, which included that anyone who lived in in the orphanage, aka the orphans, had to... (laughs) Thank you for breaking that down for me and my big dumb head. (laughs) We explained at the top, everything is basic. Wait, wait, wait. Get the whiteboard out. (laughs) Hold on. Here we are. So, this, my friend, is an orphanage. Why is it a triangle? (laughs) These are orphans. What? So little triangles. Yes. In the big triangle. Any questions? Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so the rules were that the orphans had to drink plenty of milk. They had to use phrenology to ensure firm spirit and conscientiousness. And no girl under 10 got to be taught maths. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are these rules? Anyway, so 
the the crux of her crazy and where it really reached a, a central point was when she's at a, a salon in Paris and she falls in love with a painting by uh, Ernest Herb, uh, Hebert. Herbert. How do you spell it? H e b e r t. Herbert. Herbert. Oh. Uh, anyway, so she finds out that famous rich guy Baron Rothschild. Yep. Has bought the painting. Right. So she fucking blows up. Yep. She goes. If I can't have the painting, I'll have the next best thing. She bought the model that had posed for the painting. Oh, what? She, a person? She purchased a person Yikes. that was in the painting <laughs> because Yikes. she couldn't have the painting that Rothschild had bought. Oh, my God. It was a seven-year-old girl. Oh. Maria oh, no. Pasca. Nah. Yeah. It was a different time. Uh, My God, it was a worse time. It was a blurse time. She bought this girl from her father for two bags of gold. And <laughs> <laughs> under the under the condition from the family. Was there chocolate inside? <laughs> oh, they were Cadbury <laughs> coins. <laughs> the dad's just there, just like biting through all the coins. All right, she's legit. I might have lost a daughter, but I've gained diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets sold this girl under the oh proviso, which should never be a sentence. No. Under the proviso that the girl is raised as a Catholic and treated as an equal, which I guess is a nice thing for your parents to make someone promise when they buy you. <laughs> 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 all right. So we're open to selling young Maria, but here's the go. We want two bags of Cabri coins and she gets to be treated like a real human. Done. She, yeah, but it's just like, I'll give you the coins, but she's now my property. It's like, what do you have to say? It's like, imagine if you were on carsales.com.au, you sell your car and you're just like, be easy with her. She needs unleaded 98 octane. It's like, fuck off. I bought your car. I bought your car. I don't care what you did. Anyway, so the crazy keeps her promise because crazy people always do the opposite of what they're supposed to. Yeah. So she, uh, although Maria doesn't have a conventional childhood uh, because she's been human trafficked, obviously, <laughs> which is a bad start for a kid. So bad. Uh, she is kept in Grecian clothing because tight clothing was considered to be deadly by her crazy new stepmom. <laughs> and Slash owner. Owner. And she was allowed to drink milk only from cows personally selected by the crazy, oh, of wow. which there were thousands. Yeah, I bet. Because she had many friends, all of them assholes. Yeah. Finally, she uh, Maria actually received an education and standard of living that was superior what her parents could have provided. Yeah, sure. Which I guess is That's the, a the good takeaway. Yeah, for that. it's it's a nice thing apart from the realization that she was raised from seven until her new owner died, being forced to smell butts <laughs> constantly <laughs> in the house, try and turn doorknobs and find out they were covered in onion and wear a dead squirrel around her head. <laughs> But, Rig, you look me in the eyes and tell me she wasn't treated like a human. (laughs) (laughs) That is mental. All right. That is nine minutes and two seconds. Yes. Well done, sir. All right. Hold on. I'll start the clock for you. Start the clock at the start of the second period. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you're on. Here we go. Mao Zedong. Oh, no. The progenitor of many dumb cat names. Oh, God. You are especially guilty. Tell the people what your cat's name is. Chairman Meow. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Because and he's you, a tidy dictator. You are the worst. <laughs> I'll tell you what. 
he grew up to be his namesake. He is a dead set asshole. He's a dickhead. You punted him. <laughs> yeah. Your parents. Yeah, I should have sold him for two bags of gold. <laughs> Capri coins, you'd actually be overs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, I know pretty much what you're about to say, and God damn it, this oh. is dark. All oh, right, okay. So dark. Fair enough. Mao Zedong, or as I like to call him, Big Daddy China. He is uh, obviously in power from 1949 when China goes communist. From the year 1958, he wants to transform the People's Republic of China from an agrarian economy to more of a communist society. The way he's going to do that is he's going to industrialise the shit out of it. Which, as we know now... Terrible. Oh, wow. Terrible idea. Yikes. Uh, Everyone be dying. Yeah. But that's a bit of foreshadowing on this. So <laughs> I cannot believe that this. I'm glad this is a smithereen. Yeah, because oh yeah. shit, it jumps I'm, the shark fast. Oh yeah, it does. So obviously, it's, it, he has this big plan. It's called the Giant Leap Forward. It's yep. a huge plan that he has um, to to do this uh, transformation, this big economic and, and social campaign. Um, and what he does is he creates what he calls the Four Pests campaign. Yeah. So the aim of the campaign is to exterminate four kinds of pests um, identified by Big Daddy China himself, which would fix their really poor grain output that they've been experiencing. And so the identified pests were mosquitoes, flies, rats, and sparrows. Yes. Yes, and we can all agree that uh, one of those... One of those things is not like the other. (laughs) It's definitely right. Mosquitoes are the blurst. For some reason... By the way, smaller side, why are they still around? It is fucking May. (laughs) Tell me about it. I was getting... Drunk dry the other day. <laughs> Holy shit. That's that, that second word was important because otherwise it could have been any month. <laughs> it could have been any day of any month. I'm all about the health. So mosquitoes, flies, rats, which, as we all know, are just super, super impervious to anything. <laughs> they they outlive everything. Yeah. It's them and cockroaches That's having them. a dead set party. Oh, absolute tea party. So all of those four things are on the chopping block, according to Big Daddy China. Um, so sparrows, they were considered pests because the bird species, they're responsible for picking out uh, or pecking the, the grains that were produced by, uh, by, the, by the peasants, the, the working class of China. Um, and they're just like, great. So imagine you have, okay, I have, I have a, um, a housemate and the other night she asked me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making protein cookies, right? And she's just like, I finish it. And, she's, says, and she says to me, mm, those smell good. They must taste good. And I just chopped her off right there being like, they will be. That is all. (laughs) Because (laughs) like a sparrow in 1950s China, she was trying to swoop in and capitalize on all my hard work. Piss off, Georgie. (laughs) Make your own fucking cookies. Also, I probably need to have this conversation to her face to face. Yeah. This is not the appropriate outlet. Does she listen to the cast? I hope she does not. (laughs) Georgie, please give me a call. I'm positive that Rig is throwing you under a giant bus and there's a second side to this story. There is only one. Your voice needs to be heard. There can only be one. And so everyone goes about killing these sparrows, right? So the masses across the country are mobilised. Birds are shot from the sky. They're banging metal plates, getting them, around, uh, you know, getting them off, the, off the crops, off the properties. Um, the f- 
basically they weren't allowed to rest the sparrows because when they they sit down and they perch there, uh, they regain their energy to fly again. But they could never go down because all these crazy Chinese people are like get off my <laughs> fucking lawn. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag they took her gerbs, and so <laughs> the the sparrows are literally falling out of the sky from exhaustion. They're just dying. Uh, and there were even incentives for the people to kill all these sparrows. So they think, great, we've killed the sparrows. It's going to be fucking grains galore. Big Danny China, super pumped. Yeah, this is this is exactly the plan that was meant to come to fruition, isn't it? But what is not the plan, because the name of this show is Shit Show, is that sparrows were an important part of the ecosystem. Sure were. They ate a whole bunch of locusts and other bugs that fucked up grain crops really bad. Yeah. No sparrows equals more locusts. <laughs> they... <laughs> Dead set exploded the population, not them, of course. No, they were tiny grenades that, that jumping all across amazing. the rice fields and grain fields of China. Holy My shit. My God. BYO fireworks. Yeah. It was just. No, but all of these locusts, they start taking over. The grain crops are decimated. And they say roughly 20 million people, as part of the Great Chinese Famine, died as a result oh. of this ridiculous. Ridiculous plan. How's the kicker? Chairman Meow, oh. hang your furry head in shame. <laughs> How much does this feel like uh, Mao Zedong was just really pissed off with that riddle where it's like, great, so you've got grain, locusts, rats, and sparrows. They need to cross the river. You have a boat. The locusts eat the rats. The rats eat everything. Everything eats the sparrows. How do you transport the grain, etc.? And he's like, "Kill the sparrows. Perfect. <laughs> Sorted." It's just it's someone who has literally. If you've been in a business meeting in like a corporate environment, which I know that you haven't, I know a lot of our listeners probably would have. Is you go in there and then someone makes this thing where they're just like, "Oh, I know how to solve this problem." They're like, "Hey, guys, basically we got a problem on the back end of this uh, of this app that we're developing." They're just like, "Yeah, that's cool, man. Just fucking delete that line of code." And it's just like. You dumb fuck. You don't just delete a line of code. Sure you do. It has huge ramifications. It's like, but there are people who, over there who are just like, mm. like we've all been sitting there being like, no, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I was are you fucking <laughs> stupid? Yeah, I've I've been involved in uh, setting up enough websites, but not as a programmer to know that if you go into the HTML and just start deleting shit, it is black screen oh, straight yeah. away. It is blue screen of oh, death. It's horrible. Yeah, uh, but also the the other parts of this insanity with um, the Great Leap Forward are things like it wasn't just confined to sparrows. It was one part of it involved taking all of the peasant farmers. And telling them that they didn't need to make any more grain, they needed to make steel. And so mm. what they did was they and and they literally they were the government was shipping out the the apparatus to farms. They to were shipping, shipping steel <laughs> to make steel. Yeah. But then these farmers were like, "Well, I've never made steel before. How hard can it be?" Then they were sending back these horribly made steel girders, which yep. were then being used to make giant buildings which Yikes. then collapsed Yikes. killing also hundreds of thousands of people like the whole thing was like uh Bill he was the billy mcfarland of building a country <laughs> <laughs> he looked at it and went how hard can it be oh fuck oh no ah that would be extremely bizarre like if you so i've got a degree in psychology if someone went up to me and said hey by the way you're an electrician now i'd be like what <laughs> I don't know the fucking first thing about that. 
oh, you'll find out because it's it's one of those age-old communist games, electrician or die. <laughs> Rig, you'll find out. Locust or sparrow, <laughs> pet or child. <laughs> oh, oh very so good. Eight minutes, 15. Wow. That is swift. That is super swift. That's, v- that's very quick. All right, let me... Let me set something for the third quarter, premiership quarter. Your time starts now. Big effort. Fantastic. 1985. Back to the future. Young man. 88 miles per hour. <laughs> Old man. Old man White now. Hair. <laughs> Tire streaks made of fire. <laughs> Morty. Egyptian terrorists. <laughs> Your wife's going to die in the future, <laughs> and an unknown actor will finally become successful. Don't fuck your mom, Marty. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> this guy's name is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Emmett. Oh, I'm serious. What? The guy's name is Bruce Wayne. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, so 1985, September. He comes out of an opera <laughs> with his parents. <laughs> Hold on. Let me draw you an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> that is one are. fine looking small, triangle. Small triangle orphan Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and over here we have larger... Triangle dead parents <laughs> with X's through them. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> Bruce Wayne Morris. Oh, is <laughs> is uh, nine eighty five September kills a man, murders. <laughs> <laughs> wow, went a completely different way. Go on. Yeah, uh, he robs and murders uh, this bloke Ricky Van Zant. Um, who, which robbed him of the opportunity to go on and become a uh, very, very successful art film director. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was, he beat him on the head with a rock and a stick and left him to die in a remote area. He gets, people, people who say sticks and stones don't break your bones. Yeah, they have haven't never met, met Bruce dude. Wayne. Oh my god, <laughs> Bruce Wayne will fuck you up with sticks, sticks and, and a stone. fucking rock. My god. So he gets caught. The cops are like, "This is open and shut." Yep. Thing goes to trial, uh, and the the jury. So the evidence is very compelling. The guy's fingerprints are everywhere. He has no alibi. He's been seen by a number of witnesses running away from <laughs> the, the, the scene, yep. yelling, "I did it! I did it! I murdered a guy with a rock!" <laughs> 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 then flying into the air, <laughs> just <laughs> launching himself off a cliff. Uh, anyway, so the jury are told that instead of a decision between the death penalty or life without parole, the judge accidentally writes to them uh, on the verdict uh, sheet and the sentence uh, and the results sheet uh, that the options, he, do, he leaves the, uh, the not out of the, uh, uh, of the parole scenario. What? So it's either death penalty or, um, or a life sentence with parole. With with parole, so so they've uh, misunderstood this and thought that the the choice is death or a possibility the guy might get released ever. Yeah. So they choose death. <laughs> so this this comes down. Everyone is very shocked because this is California. Yeah. And people aren't still getting the death penalty. Yeah, it's, it's for very, one murder. It's very blue. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty, a blue it, state. They they're trying to get rid of this entire thing, yeah. but it's still like uh, bestiality like in smell, yeah. fucking uh, Kentucky, <laughs> hanging around in some small pockets. <laughs> so when it comes back and the judge asks the jury, 
um, after the trial why they chose death instead of just locking the guy up, as is the custom. Yeah. They said that wasn't an option. It was either death or life with parole. Yeah. And the judge goes, oh, no. <laughs> the press get hold of this and appeals are coming in from fucking everywhere like yeah. the innocence project are involved etc yeah, yeah, people yeah. are like benefactors are coming out of the woodwork because bruce wayne and <laughs> <laughs> just going this is we understand that he is a bad man an old english man in a tuxedo <laughs> is trying to figure out how to get his boss out <laughs> michael kane's there <laughs> submitting evidence as a young man <laughs> everyone's a young man in these stories yeah uh, anyway, so appeal after appeal are lodged. All the while, Bruce Wayne is on death row. <laughs> it eventually comes to a head 10 years later where it goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah. To the very top where they rule 5-2 in favour of he should just go to prison forever. Yeah. Which I guess if you're Bruce Wayne, by this point, you're like, fuck everything. Yeah. It's prison or death. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is not a great appeal process. This is not what I envisioned <laughs> when I murdered that guy with a <laughs> stick and a rock. He's looking at it and going, great. This groundswell of public support for my long-term forever imprisonment <laughs> is not exactly what I was hoping for. It's like, oh, that's not... I didn't do it. Shut up, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. We're fighting for your right to be in prison yeah. forever. <laughs> We're saving your life. We are campaigning for you to rot. Be appreciative. <laughs> But the whole thing was literally just omitting a word on a on a piece of paper. It cost California in excess of twenty five million dollars. Oh my in, god! In legal fees in the eighties and nineties, which they could probably have used to not go bankrupt and probably used to get more water. <laughs> oh, they could have used Yikes. it for so many things. They are drier than a nun's bits. Oh, they are tough. just. It's really. It's, it's, just it's tough dust. over there. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is tough. All right, where are we at, mate? That was. So, I thought I was swift. That was 5.45. Love it. Wowzers in my trousers. So here is the final story for this week's Smithereens. Now we're flying through it. I don't mean to do more. Well, that's what you say, but I've only prepared two. Okay, so, I've got a third. Okay, fair enough. You do? Does Katie know? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this was not the way I wanted her to find out. <laughs> it's good she does not listen to you because she's not a good partner. <laughs> Just do not come in here with your uh, societally repressed sexual taboos and try and <laughs> imprint them on my relationship. <laughs> this is literally my this is my psychotherapy, being in here with you on a microphone. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm projecting all of my anger towards my housemates. <laughs> <laughs> All my weird sexual stuff. It's coming through the larynx. Yeah. Straight into here. You're, you're baking fear cookies. Abs <laughs> absolutely. All right. So, 1992. Good. Oh, you're going to set the timer? Yeah, it's already started. Okay, great. <laughs> you're 45 seconds in. Okay, Stop great. wasting precious time. Great. Well, I, let me just pad this out. In <laughs> the 19... beginning. <laughs> if you read me Genesis, I will two. fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, so 1992, we are in España, mm. which is Spanish for <laughs> España. <laughs> so we're in Spain, it's 1992, and a young well-to-do woman 
has just come home from work, which, as we know in Spain, is not fucking work. It is <laughs> two naps in the sleeping. middle of the day. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you cannot run an advertising agency like this, Miguel, if you allow people to have fucking two-hour naps. But they, they don't mind that there's no productivity because they have delicious food and all the sleep. Yeah, fine. They turn around and go, we have 60% youth unemployment. Can you bail us out, Europe? And then yeah. Europe's like, are you fucking high? Are you, are you crazy? <laughs> Do more work. <laughs> Literally, like Clippy on Microsoft Word. Do something. <laughs> My God. All right. Oh, erotic fiction. That's so good. 1992 in Spain, and a young well-to-do woman has just come back from work, and she sees a pink envelope waiting for her, mm. addressed to her. Sure. And she opens it up. And it says, my dearest Consuela, we met again on the street yesterday and I noticed how you glanced interestedly in my direction. Oh dear. This is Craigslist. Please. please, Casual encounters. Please join me on a little adventure. Yours sincerely, your secret admirer. Right. So every red flag in one letter. Sure. Consuela freaks out. Consuela is married. Oh dear. Her husband is pissed. <laughs> slash probably <laughs> asleep. I was about to say <laughs> slash angry. Slash possibly <laughs> asleep. It's Spain. Yeah. Funny thing is, her neighbour Isabel also received that letter. Right. And her neighbour Maria also received that letter. Okay. This is officially a pattern slash a really, really strong strategy from whoever's sending out these sex pesty letters. The original Tinder. <laughs> He's hacked the He's name just drive. throwing all of the messages out and <laughs> seeing what comes back. <laughs> My God. The right swiping of Spain. He's just throwing the net out and he's just seeing what comes in. Yeah. But it's not just this village. It's the next village over. It's two cities across. It's cities on the other side of the country. 50,000 women. That Receive is a this letter. strong net. It is a strong net. Wow. This dude's wrist oh. surely is falling off. <laughs> in multiple ways. Yeah, in multiple ways. <laughs> oh, yuck. Don't worry, the cards were not stuck together. <laughs> People are wondering what the fuck's going on. Women are afraid to leave the house. Partners, husbands, lovers are livid. I'm afraid to leave the house now. Yeah. Eventually, someone comes forward. Right. And they say, okay, I've done this. I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I'm one responsible. Oh, that's good. Are we going to need clarification on the, I didn't mean to send 50,000 love letters out? This person was Fiat, the car company. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fiat sent out 50,000 love notes. So Fiat is an Italian car company, as you know. Yes. They were Boy. trying to do a revolutionary new DM-style uh, campaign. Right. So everything was personalized and everything was sent out to these women because they were marketing a new car geared towards women called the Cinquecento. Okay. So... They market this hatchback by sending out these creepy AF love letters. Being yeah. like, you saw me in the fucking street. <laughs> Let's run away together. Sure. P.S. I love your skin. <laughs> 
can I wear it? I want like, to wear you as a hat. Oh my god, <laughs> that and is the worst. They have sent fifty thousand on pink paper to all these different women. They are fucking freaking out. It's a whole thing, and then people come out and they're just like, "Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> like, why would you ever, ever think this is okay?" <laughs> and Fiat classic because. If we know Fiat at like we know Italian dudes, they are nothing if not persistent. <laughs> they are the original front foot sex pairs. Oh, absolutely. And so everyone comes out and they're just like, you guys need to be fined or you need to, like something needs to happen here because you cannot do this. And they are just like, uh, cool, hear what you say, but also fuck off. We thought what we were doing, they were just like, they completely defended themselves. They just said the love letters were the first installment of a series in which the second letter that was going to be sent out was going to reveal that it was all just a gimmick. Oh. Hashtag buy our cars. Oh, why wouldn't you just put a picture of the car on the back of the envelope? I know. I'm just like, I want to figure out like what was going to be like the time frame. Was it going to be like two days? Was it going to be a week? Was it going to be like... You can't let someone stew on some cr- fucking creepy shit like that. Yeah, I, I think we all know that someone at Fiat has uh, used their database to send out some sexts and then Fiat is rapidly trying to cover their own ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's the original data leak. I thought they were just going to like shrug their shoulders and be like, hey, this is pretty normal for Italy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know why you guys are up in arms. This is how I met my wife, says this <laughs> chief marketing officer. <laughs> the, the Spaniards are like, hmm, well, it's the first time I've checked the mail in a while because I've been sleeping for three months, so... <laughs> It's in there amongst a number of bills. They are, Having two-hour naps a day means they are literally, like you're saying, one step away from being 100% bare yeah, they're, and hibernating. They're so close to hibernating. Yeah. But, but they don't do it seasonally. This is a, an all-year-round sleep. All-year-round, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is, when you go to Spain, though, and you look at the, the way that they operate, it is literally that vibe of, cool, so uh, here are our pillars, lunch... Uh, is sleep um, wine? Then we have a small afternoon drink. Yep. Sleep again. Uh, get up. Go to the office uh, for an hour. <laughs> Drinks. Dinner at midnight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we go to uh, the club. We'll go to sleep at about three. Yeah. And we wake up at lunchtime. Yeah. And and you're like, okay, cool. Um, when when you go to work? Oh yeah. no, we we work. Well, we, well, we work. When? Uh, I told you. Uh, so it's lunch, sleep, <laughs> wine, sleep, work. office, <laughs> drinks, dinner, <laughs> club, sleep. Oh. What? How, how long do you go to the office? Look, I told you already. <laughs> we work as hard as anybody. <laughs> and we, th- we work so hard in a shorter time that we sleep a lot to make up for how productive we are. It's so funny it's because they, they would get towards the end of the thing and surely just be like, hey, when you finally get them in a corner, it's like, you know what? <laughs> Sue us if we fucking enjoy life. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Sleep is important. I don't Wine come... is important. <laughs> Bocadillos are important. <laughs> I don't come down to your office at the docks and slap sailors' cocks out of your mouth. <laughs> don't come in here and question my life. <laughs> I don't come to your country and write rapey letters to women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. That comes in at a princely 
nine minutes fifteen. Ooh, yeah, delish. Slayed it. And so are you gonna you're gonna go for OT? Yeah. All Sco- right. Scores are tied. All right. OT. The game hangs in the balance. Your time starts now. Bang. Error messages. They pop up. Dialogue box. We hate them, don't we? We sure do. It's annoying when you're when you're there and you're running your computer in the eighties, <laughs> and a dialogue box pops up and you say, "Hold on, how did I get this expensive computer? Oh, I must be working in a hospital." <laughs> Perfect. So that brings us to a machine called the Thurak Twenty Five. Wow. Now, it- if that isn't the name of an alien overlord that will come and take over Earth. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Thurlack. <laughs> Thurak. Thurak. Thurak Leader of the Gragnorks. <laughs> Look, we could park the apes rising for a moment. <laughs> However, this Thurak alien is invasion is a seriously big problem. All right. So it was a, uh, a machine that fought cancer by shooting people with radiation. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. So, since radiation's pretty hard on the body at the best of times, yep. uh, the Thurak 25 was programmed to avoid shooting people with too much radiation. It even had a nifty little uh, program installed in the computer to warn the user if something went wrong. <laughs> so, it's a knob, and it's just like le- less radiation. It's like a fucking fan <laughs> dial, no. like a ceiling fan, and it's just going down. I- I'm sure it had one of those, but this was even more of a, a, a you must deal with this it's a dialogue box that pops up on the computer and says hey guys you're shooting people with too much radiation so it's basically what fat homer does in that episode when he's gets at home with the diet against the drinking bird oh my god so no joke this is a real thing they they had uh basically they had a radiation limiter built into the machine and if that started, the limiter started to malfunction, yeah. it would start sending, or if it needed to be repaired, yeah. it would send an error message. Yeah. So, the problem here was that this was the mid-80s. Doesn't sound like there was any problems. No, so far, smooth sailing. <laughs> Keep shooting people with the laser. <laughs> it's the 80s and people are getting shot. Their cancer is getting shot with a laser. What can go fucking wrong? All of the all of the scientists were on cocaine. Exactly. Then they made Moonraker, and people were like, "Nope, ah, <laughs> uh, no, nah, stop shooting me with that gun." Uh, the hardware's pretty primitive. Uh, the radiation limiting thing did break. Right. Dialogue boxes start to come up on the screen. Malfunctioning messages, numbered one to sixty-four. They would interrupt the uh, the operation of the machine, shut it down, and a dialogue box would come up on the screen as the machine got worse and worse. So it starts from one. By the time you get to 64, shit's really bad. Right. The issue is that the manual for the machine had absolutely no reference to this. It didn't explain what these dialogue boxes were, nor that they would occur. So the guys running the machine, instead of reading the dialogue box, read the manual about the dialogue box, and it said (laughs) nothing about dialogue boxes. So they went, let's get rid of this pesky pop-up. And kept hitting cancel. Wow. So, because they needed to hit cancel in order for the, or okay, in order for the machine to work again, they were just like, would write on a post-it, I assume, hey guys, there's this dumb thing that comes up on the screen, you just got to hit okay and then the machine will work again. Yikes. Cool. Shuckers. Yikes. See you Monday. Yikes. <laughs> so, every one of those error messages went ignored. 
Eventually, the medical professionals who are operating the uh, Therac 25, a.k.a. Therac 25 himself, who is shooting people with his laser tentacles, <laughs> curing cancer through the goodness of his heart before he eats our brains. <laughs> it's his final gift to Earth. <laughs> I'll cure you of all your ills, but then your brains, your are, brains mine. are mine. Feast, feast, feast. <laughs> Nom, 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 nom. Uh, so the guys operating these radiation guns stopped caring what the dialogue boxes had to say eventually after it was posted upon post-it, became an in-joke, and they're like, this pesky computer, it's why have we got such a shit computer with this awesome radiation gun that we shoot people with? <laughs> so, final step, once you get to dialogue box 64, that is telling you that the person that you are about to hit with a laser is getting 100 times the maximum recommended dose of radiation. Rig, people start dying pretty quick. Radiation burns, radiation poisoning, three people die. Jesus. And immediately the hospital goes, "Uh, these guys aren't dying of cancer, they're dying of radiation poisoning. When did they get exposed to radiation levels that high? This looks like a nuclear reactor meltdown. Fuck. Oh, hold on. They check out the machine. Are you sure it doesn't have anything to do with this giant radiation <laughs> laser gun? They walk into the room where, no joke, a death ray is and oh go, oh, God. fuck, I think it might be this alien. Oh, my God. How long's he been here? <laughs> Holy shit. What is that giant green tentacle blob in the corner? <laughs> Area 51. Um, anyway, so they eventually contact the manufacturer, say to them, guys, uh, the... Radiation gun has been mal- uh, malfunctioning and three people have died and the manufacturer wrote back and or on the phone or the telegram or fucking homing pigeon. I don't know. It's the 80s. <laughs> we Pager. Were, we were born there. Yeah. It was a brick phone attached to a suitcase. <laughs> and they said, oh, when it starts to malfunction, it'll tell you in a pop-up dialogue box. Boss gets off oh, the phone no. and turns to the engineers and says... The manufacturer said that if it starts to malfunction, a box will pop up on the screen telling you that it's starting to malfunction. Any of you seen any of that? Silence. Silence. (laughs) Oh, no. So they hold out for a number of days before computer technicians come in, which I assume in the 80s was literally just uh, the only three people in the world that could code Java (laughs) came in and went, yeah, these dialogue boxes definitely happened. Those guys all go to prison for prison. ignoring yeah. Wow. Yep, medical negligence and uh, manslaughter. So they go to prison for avoiding and ignoring pop-ups. Wow. Which totally reinvigorated the understanding of the medical profession of read the fucking message. Wow. How Do you know how long they went to prison for? Uh, it says between 10 and 15 years. Shit. Yep. So they, they're out now, but fucking hell. Well, they were young men then. Now they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought that was going somewhere. Oh, fuck. They were young young men then. Now they're dead. (laughs) They can't be dead. Oh, I don't know. How long is it? Like 1985, if you were like 30 years, you'd still be alive. That's when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right, okay. So they're not dead. They'd be like your dad's age. Ooh. Close. Any medical negligence at the sniffery? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the nasal ranger. The nasal ranger. If people don't know, Gus's dad runs a smell lab <laughs> called, on. Ca- called the Sniffery. This is slander. <laughs> let me let me elaborate. 
So my dad runs a lab where people smell things professionally. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's science. So it's effectively the only remaining part of environmental uh, pollution where you can't use instruments is scent. Yeah. Because uh, they haven't quite perfected the nose robot yet. <laughs> so, so, so when someone, are you telling me there's no nose lasers coming out? There are uh, Therac twenty six. It's just a giant nose. First, I will rid the world of all bad smells, <laughs> then brains. <laughs> Basically, uh, your dad has a lab and he knocked out one of the walls there and put 2,000 cows in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a shit ton of methane. Yeah. And then a bunch of people walked in and were like, what is happening? Yeah, that was my childhood. Onions <laughs> on doorknobs and squirrels on heads. <laughs> that was our family slogan. <laughs> it's on the crest. It's on it's the family giant, crest. It's a giant nose. <laughs> All right, lads. Squirrels on heads, <laughs> onions on doors. <laughs> doors, doors, doors. <laughs> Squirrels on heads, onions on doorknobs. Thorak <laughs> is coming. Uh, oh. Anyway, I, I mean, yeah. Protect my, the cows. <laughs> in in short, my, my father does have an aspect of his business where people in a room have to smell things and say what whether they smell good or bad effectively so bizarre. so if you have it is captured by imagination if, if you have any problems in your neighborhood with smells who are you going to call Pete Stevenson the sniff doctor <laughs> no the nasal ranger the nasal ranger stevenson environmental they'll get rid of your smells trust us they definitely will <laughs> Therac 27 <laughs> squirrels on heads <laughs> All right, so that is it for this instalment of Smithereens. We should be back to our regular scheduled programming. Don't make promises we can't deliver. And if we aren't, then fuck you. (laughs) See you guys. Bye.